Leslie, and welcome to the Godspace podcast. Thanks for connecting with us. Today we'll be reflecting on hospitality, and what I'm offering comes from some thoughts I shared with a group of high school teachers in lieu of a day of service we did together. But I thought it was fitting to offer here too. At Godspace, we have a mission of hospitality and welcome. So it's good to reflect together on what that means. And I hope you feel welcome to enter into the conversation. You can connect on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. You can email. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can visit our website, godspacecommunity.com. So many ways to connect, and I hope you do. So let's get started by reading our scripture passage from the book of Genesis. Reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oak of Mamre, as he sat in the entrance of his tent while the day was growing hot. Looking up, he saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them, and bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if it pleases you, do not go on past your servant. Let some water be brought, that you may bathe your feet, and then rest under the tree. Now that you have come to your servant, let me bring you a little food, that you may refresh yourselves, and afterward you may go on your way. Very well, they replied. Do do as you have said. Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three measures of bran flour, knead it and make bread. He ran to the herd, picked out a tender choice calf, and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Then he got some curds and milk, as well as the calf that had been prepared, and set these before them, waiting on them under the tree until they ate. Where is your wife Sarah? they asked him. There in the tent, he replied. One of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will then have a son. Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, just behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years, and Sarah had stopped having menstrual periods. So Sarah laughed to herself and said, Now that I am worn out and my husband is old, am I still to have sexual pleasure? But the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really bear a child, old as I am? Is anything too marvelous for the Lord to do? At the appointed time, about this time next year, I will return to you, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah lied, saying, I did not laugh, because she was afraid. But he said, Yes, you did. This passage occurs in Genesis right after God makes a covenant with Abraham. So here we are in the desert, outside Abraham and Sarah's tent, and some visitors come by. 
I notice how before they can even ask for anything, Abraham begs them to allow him to serve them. And of course, they say yes. After he waits on them, one of them, presumably God, predicts that Sarah will have a son by the same time next year. And Sarah laughs. And usually when I read this passage, my focus is on that response from Sarah, her laughter. Maybe because I identify with that reaction too. Um, and I think a lot of people have this response to some of the impossible things that God makes possible in our lives. A little bit of incredulity and a little bit of joy. But what I'd like to focus on today is that first part of the story. The immense gesture of hospitality to strangers. What do you notice about the hospitality offered in this story? What I notice is that it's abundant. It's not just a little bit of kindness, but Abraham goes all out. And I also notice that Abraham anticipates their every need and responds. How does he know what they need, these strangers traveling in the desert? Well, maybe it's because he himself has been a traveler in the desert and he knows how hungry and thirsty you can become and that there's no other respite but what he offers. He knows how refreshing it is to have cool water poured over feet that have been walking through hot sand. And so he offers it to them to pour on their feet. It's kind of an extravagant gesture if you think about it for people who have to gather their water from wells in the desert. I also noticed that Abraham's hospitality is personal, not generic. Abraham oversees the process. Of course, he gets Sarah and his servants to do some of the heavy lifting, but Abraham himself is present to his guests, waiting on them. Also, Abraham's hospitality is impartial. It's like that passage from the book of James, show no par partiality at all. Abraham doesn't know who these guests are at first, and yet he rolls out the primitive desert equivalent of the red carpet. No partiality at all. It's pretty amazing. And lastly, what I notice is that this hospitality is rewarded because, surprise, these strangers are really God and God's friends. So it's a good thing Abraham acted as he did. This kind of abundant hospitality might wow us as we read this story, but it's a strong theme throughout scripture. Hospitality shows itself to be a strong cultural value among the Israelites. And it extends well beyond these first Hebrew scriptures and into the Christian scriptures as well. And it's a good thing, too, since Jesus has a habit of showing up at people's houses for meals and things. And Jesus also has a thing about extending abundance himself. And we see that in stories like the wedding at Cana with the wine he makes from water. The loaves and fishes he offers to people who have been listening to him all day. And during the last time, he has dinner with his loved ones, 
when he pulls out all the stops, offering them a beautiful dinner and finishing by washing each one's feet. So hospitality is not just an expectation, but a deep value. And maybe because for people living in such difficult climate with, without any of the modern conveniences that we have, they really need hospitality from each other to survive. We, on the other hand, with all of our modern conveniences, feel like we can be self-sufficient and extend hospitality or not, as if we don't need it for survival too. But I think we do. We absolutely do. Of course, there's a call for us in this reading too. As Christians, it's not about entertaining angels exactly, except there is that quote from Hebrews chapter 13 that says, do not neglect hospitality, for through it some have unknowingly entertained angels. A shout out to Abraham and Sarah, I'm sure. And sidebar, when I googled this quote, what came up was a bunch of decorative throw pillows with a saying on it. It's kind of weird. But I guess a trendy throw can remind us to extend hospitality. I don't know. But we don't extend hospitality just because it might be directed toward angels. Our incarnational spirituality tells us that everyone we encounter is actually Christ. That's something we believe deep in the core of our faith. As Christians, we try to love our neighbors as ourselves, knowing that the presence of Christ is there in each neighbor. So our hospitality is actually directed to Christ, no matter who we offer it to. Whatever you do for the least of our brothers and sisters and neighbors, we actually do for Christ. So how do we know how to extend the abundant hospitality that Abraham does? Well, like Abraham, maybe we have been the recipients of great hospitality ourselves. Have you ever had that experience? One example that comes to mind for me is also a traveling story. And it was years ago when I was teaching high school and along with a few other teachers, I chaperoned a trip of high school students to Greece and Italy. It was a phenomenal trip, but it had a really rocky start. We had a plane delay before we even left the city. Then a student lost her plane ticket before we even left, left the United States. With the flight cancellations and all the problems, we ended up jumping on a bus and driving to Canada to catch a flight in the nick of time. It was crazy. And we ended up traveling from bus to plane to plane for like an eternity of travel. And I remember when we finally got to the hotel in Thessalonica, the hotel staff had a table set for us and it was beautifully laid out in a beautiful room and the food was delicious. D despite the fact that it was the middle of the night in Thessalonica and God knows when, according to our body clocks at that time of night, the hotel wait staff were just so gracious. And I still remember that feeling of gratitude and relief that I felt as a result of such a warm, hospitable welcome.
It was abundant. It felt like it was the kind of hospitality you extend to royalty. But really, we were a bunch of weary travelers schlepping in in the middle of the night. Besides this experience, I also think of times when I was a new person somewhere and someone invited me to sit with them. Or when someone I know just casually opened up to me and we became friends from that experience. Or when a neighbor checked in on me to make sure I was all right when I was out of town for a few days and they didn't see me. These kinds of simple gestures of care reflect a deep hospitality to me. Have you ever received a welcome like that? What effect did it have on you? Or have you ever had experiences that were the opposite of hospitality? I think of being a new kid and not being able to find a seat in the cafeteria. Or when I first entered my community and I didn't know who to sit with at large gatherings. I think of being picked last for the team, which I often was, or not being invited to that party, or finding out that I'm the subject of gossip. Ouch. These kinds of inhospitable experiences are painful. Rather than building community, they build cliques. They don't open, but close. I'm guessing we can all think of things like this. At least I hope it's not just me. So that's why for me, experiences of hospitality stand out. They make me feel connected and cared for. And I do need them for survival. And I think of that in terms of myself as a person and a person in community. And so ex in extending hospitality to other people and doing service, it's not just that we make assumptions about what people need, but that we tap into our own experiences of being welcomed, recognizing that each one of us is a giver and a recipient. Hospitality is actually something I reflect on a lot. It's what Godspace is really all about. That's our mission. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've realized that, yes, it's important to welcome people to our community space so that we all feel like we belong. But it's also about advocacy, which to me is creating a space of welcome in our local community for everyone, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, making sure everyone has the same kind of welcome. You know, because there are some people who aren't usually welcome or even seen. There are people who almost never get acknowledged or who face injustice and experience marginalization. There are people who are never offered a seat at the table, much less a foot washing or a feast. And what if instead people who are marginalized received an abundant, over-the-top, royal, red carpet welcome, hospitality that met and exceeded their needs. And if we are the ones extending that, we may not be rewarded exactly. We likely won't have our wishes granted after welcoming strangers who are really angels. 
However, love extended is a blessing unto itself. Being able to serve is actually a privilege. And that puts me in mind of years ago when I was a novice, I was working with a group of high school students who came from lower income families. And at one point we went out to do a little service project at a nursing home and we visited with the residents there. And those residents were elderly people who also came from lower income families. And we just sat and conversed with them, listening and learning. Afterwards, the students shared about their experience and every single one of them was so moved. They appreciated their encounters with the residents who probably reminded them of their grandparents. But they were also moved by the experience of having something to give. So often they themselves, these students, were recipients of charity, giving tree gifts, food pantry donations, and it's not like they weren't grateful for that stuff. But this experience showed them that they too had something to offer to somebody else, that they had resources and gifts to extend in hospitality. That was such a transformational experience for them, and I could see it in them. And so then it was transformational for me as well, and I, it still moves me today. And it reminds me that service is a gift and that when we do it, it's mutual. It's a mutual giving and receiving. And you know, a lot of us are probably used to being givers. Some of us are in helping professions, all of us have been taught out of our Christian charity to give to people in need. But I think it's also important to remember the times when we needed to receive hospitality as well. And sometimes it takes those experiences of receiving or in doing service that are a little bit outside of my comfort. Those experiences that make me a little bit uncomfortable that help me to open to the presence of Christ in another person and show me the movement of the spirit within me. And so I invite each of you too to reflect on the experiences of hospitality that you've had, the experiences of service that you've offered, as well as all the times that you've received another person's hospitality toward you. May God open us in a spirit of welcome to receive each gift in each person and to love and care for each other as Christ does. Amen. Thanks for listening and for connecting through this podcast. And remember that you are welcome to connect with us in other ways as well. Join a small group, join us for some service, come to dinner. You're always welcome at God's face. Come as you are. You belong here.